0: Hello, and welcome to Southern Hostility. Hey, Justin.
1: Hey, Cameron. Thanks for feeding me tonight. Oh, yeah. It was a nice steak dinner, man.
0: It was wonderful. It was a nice little get-together for us.
1: We, We grilled. We had veggies. And then... Steph Rodding's amazing pastries from where's it at again?
0: Uh, sweet Sixteenth Bakery in East Nashville.
1: Y'all, it is amazing. I, I they're not a sponsor yet, <laughs> no. but I highly recommend going there because your sweet tooth will be fulfilled.
0: Yeah, I get enough <laughs> leftovers that they've probably <laughs> earned a uh, an oh endorsement. Gosh.
1: Oh my gosh! And hey, we are recording this right after the National Predators win in Pittsburgh, which is a huge deal because it was pecorine.
0: Yeah. So what a
1: win! He's what one in six now in Pittsburgh, With a huge confidence booster Definitely. to win like they did. And Pittsburgh got a garbage goal with like a minute three remaining, so big big time win for the Nashville Predators.
0: Well, Renee stood up big in the first half of the game because they were on pace for about sixty shots in the yeah. first half. So yeah, and
1: then they shut him down. Yeah, the defense really shut him down. So yeah. great. What's on the agenda?
0: Um, <laughs> so I don't know what that is. Uh, We're just going to kind of go from here. Uh, I think a good place to start in our discussion this evening would be, you know, just about what this Nashville Predators 2018-2019 team (laughs) is. A loaded question. So here's my thought process on that. Because the regular season, they've given us no indication that they are a consistent contender. Like they have flashes of brilliance. But overall, this is a very unimpressive second place team, in my humble opinion.
1: That's not a humble opinion. I mean, you're a season ticket holder, (laughs) you get to have bigger feedings than anybody else.
0: (laughs) Side note. (laughs) Uh, Steph and I got the email about the little, um, you know, be an ambassador and go to this meeting and provide feedback. Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go to that. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you want to go hear all the drama that's going to take place. <laughs> and all the people are like, I've been a season ticket holder since this date. So I deserve to say this.
1: <laughs> you well, know, if you're giving money to support a team, you have an opinion and you have a right to an opinion. So it's it's totally okay. <laughs> That's what, as a season ticket holder. <laughs> so I'm curious to see what comes out of this. Oh, yeah, That's definitely.
0: Interesting. But I went to one like three, four years ago, and uh, there was one gentleman who had a lot of concerns about the uh, shirt off our back night. And, you know, it should be for season ticket holders only because somebody could walk in there and have never been there and they could walk out with like a Shea Weber jersey and they don't know what that means. <laughs> And he was kindly told, you know, that's kind of the idea Uh is that, you know, what an impact that would be if it's like, you know, a 16-year-old who's never been to the game and the first time they're meeting Shea Weber and, you know, it would have been a big moment for them. Yeah. Um, But he was not satisfied with that answer. He thought the, you know, 45 to 50-year-old men who have been season ticket holders forever, those are the people who truly deserve the jersey.
1: If you're in it for those reasons you're in it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Usually you're a season ticket holder because it's cheaper for you. Like that really is, you become a season ticket holder to anything, whether it's the arts or sports or anything, you're a season ticket holder because of the perks. And those perks are not those things that anyone has an opportunity to win. It's, well, you're buying in bulk. So you're getting a discount. You're paying the gate rate or you're getting to choose your own seats not everybody always gets to choose their own seats. Or you're getting this free perk at start of the season, which when you have a new jersey, you get a free one. Or you get a free blanket. Or you get a free this or that. Or you can have exchanges. or they will take care of you a little better with customer service. It's not because you get front of the line for a giveaway that 17,000 people have an opportunity for. That's not the reason you do it. You're doing it because there's money savings as well. Yeah. Uh, and you support the club. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a big reason.
0: Well, that was the, at the beginning of the upswing, where the focus was on building those lifelong, yeah, well, lifelong yeah. fans, and what Best a great rates, way, yeah. you know. But no.
1: But it's, anyways, I know it's, I was off topic, but but the inconsistencies, like you were saying, and it's definitely made the opinions come out very strong. And, and I understand. I've said this in the live show too, that with expectations harsher realities for people, mm. and the expectations going into this season was, again, yeah. to build on what they did the previous one, because yeah. what they did, say, the first season under Laviolette, they lose to the Blackhawks in the first round after having a fantastic, really, when you think about it, year, and mm. the huge push of having Peter Laviolette there, and, and then they kind of faltered at the end, and then you mm. know, Scott Darling come and stopped Beach Balls. <laughs> for them, and then the next season they build and they make it to the second round and they lose in game seven to San Jose, right? Next year, you're thinking, okay, this is where they learn again because, again, they did build, and they build and build, and then they kind of uh, into the playoffs as an, the, the bottom seed, and they make this glorious run to the Stanley Cup final, losing in six. And the next season, the President's Trophy. So now the expectation is, well, what else they have left to accomplish? It's this. And if they don't get anywhere near that... It's not good enough.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of what I was getting at. Like what is this team? Because they could they could go in a few different directions. Absolutely. There's a few different paths and a few different ultimate dimensions they could <laughs> transition into. So, you know, is Marvel? this team? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Justin, with great ability comes great accountability. How many um... jumps are
1: they gonna make to get to this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, You know, is this team the 2015 uh, Blackhawks where they go back and in like a semi-truck into the playoffs and then just turn it on? Because that was not a good Blackhawks team going into the playoffs that year.
1: No, it wasn't. And I mean, they made a goalie change because they had to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and- I mean The Predators, I mean, they have two really good goalies mm-hmm. right now, and Saros has been overall really good, and then Pecorini has his on-off moments, and a big win in Pittsburgh is a big deal for Pecorini. It's a big yeah. deal to get that with new pads and everything, so I, I don't and I don't feel like they're backing in, they're just playing mediocre, because when you look at the record mm-hmm. in their past 10 games, it's what, 6-3-1, and one not including the Pittsburgh games. That's so 6-3-1's and one's not bad, but you look at the way they're playing those games... You're almost wondering, well, how'd they win? Because some of them, they're getting outpossessed, outshot, but they're scoring timely goals. Now, on the positive side of that is, good teams find ways to win even when they're getting outplayed. You score timely goals. Good teams do that. The Predators are a good team, and they absolutely should be considered a Stanley Cup contender. We're just not seeing that because of expectations on this team. You, you take away the President's Trophy year, even including the Cup run, right? The Cup run year of how the team played. This team is still overall in good position going into the playoffs. It's just people have that taste of winning the division, being number one in the conference, number one in the league going in, the target on their back, and it changes your entire perspective on what you want out of this team. Plus, the Central Division overall is pretty weak. Yeah. The West is pretty weak. And you have this whole thing of, well, geez, the, the Jets could have ran away with this division early on the season, but they didn't. And the Predators have been hanging around. The Blues came out of nowhere. I mean, the Predators could finish anywhere from first in the division to a wild card still. That's crazy.
0: (laughs) And in the West, it's still anybody's game. I have no idea who's going to be the Western Conference champion. No. No idea.
1: No. And you have a team like Vegas getting hot. Right now, really hot. I mean, Mark Stone really is fitting in well with Vegas. San Jose, obviously dangerous. Calgary is, I want to say, underrated but I don't think they're getting near as much talk about because they're Calgary. Really, I mean, in all honesty, because they haven't been there before, everybody's talking about Vegas because of last year in San Jose because, well, they've made that run before, but they didn't get it in Nashville and Winnipeg and what they've done. And the Blues because of how they came from dumpster fire to, oh, hey, they're credible again. Uh, but, the, again, the, the consistency is what's caused so many problems is that you'll see a great win over Pittsburgh. in Pittsburgh like that, well, now how are they going to back that up against Columbus? And you mm-hmm. don't want to use that excuse of, well, it's on the back-to-back. There are plenty of teams out there that win in back-to-backs. No excuse. And a team like Columbus, who is still trying to find their way with all these new things, is very important. Then you have Buffalo and Vancouver. The Predators, there's no reason why they shouldn't finish this season out winning three of their last four. They're th- what the teams are playing against. Because by then, by next weekend, we should know about Chicago. And they're, they're barely hanging on yeah. to, to a playoff chase. And it's not like they have much to play for except for pride. Buffalo, same way. Vancouver, they know where they're at. So the Predators should should come out and win those games. So we're judging all this based on what's this team going to look like going into the playoffs. We want to see good play. If they lose, they lose. Mm -hmm. But as long as they look like they played a good game. We've seen that sometimes in sports. You can play really good games and still lose because things don't fall your way. Mm -hmm. But as long as you see compete level and competitiveness and are they in this game, do they look like they want to be in it? Because the the shootout loss to Pittsburgh... They had no business being in that game at home. And Ryan Ellis got, I do not say a lucky goal, but it, hey, it fell for him, and they got a point out of it. They stole a point in that game. And that was the frustrating part for fans too. But I, I know I'm rambling a little bit here, mm-hmm. but that's what's been so up and down is that we don't know who this team is still yet, but I think they could identify themselves quickly in how they finish the season.
0: And that's definitely possible. That's exactly what went down in that 2016-2017 season. At the moment, though, like – I have not seen much of, like, a clutch or dominant, like, display out of this team in a while. Like, I don't recall the last time they went out and put up five goals and didn't allow any, you know. And Winnipeg just came down here and did that. So, you know, that leaves me, (laughs) like, a little nervous about what this team is capable of, you know. Rightly so. Yeah, but... You know, it's, it really is a different season. You know, we get into um, April, anything can happen. We don't know what's going to happen. With any
1: team, I mean, it, it, you, could, you can always make your predictions, but you never know what's going to happen. You could see what was going to happen with that sweep against Chicago. Did anyone call it a predator sweep? No, because it was Chicago. Could the Jets lose in the first round? Absolutely, based on how we've seen them play. Mm-hmm. If they could, it could be a seven-game series no matter who they play against. They could lose in the first round. Nashville could lose in the first round. But I don't see it anywhere near as happening as much as the Jets just based on who the opponents might be. I, and that's, that's me saying this as the Predators with all of their history and all their experience – No matter who they're facing, I still don't see them losing in the first round. It's the second round is what's going to be the kicker. Even if it's the Jets or the Blues in the first round, I still Mm -hmm. don't see them losing in the first round. I don't.
0: The other thing is this playoff race will show us if the NHL is rigged or not. Because if it is rigged, the Predators win the conference championship and face the Dallas Stars in the first round. (laughs) If it's rigged, that's exactly what happens. Storyline.
1: So if it does happen, <laughs> that's where you're seeing it right now. Predators and Stars on the first round are really beef up ticket sales because the tickets are going to settle to the public as right around the end of the first round. <laughs> there you go, Cameron Gumpy calling it right now. <laughs> He's making his mark.
0: Yeah.
1: On the speak. Yeah. Winter Classic is going on sale pretty early.
0: Yeah. Well, we already know the NHL is not rigged because if it were, Connor McDavid would be in Toronto and Austin Matthews would be in Arizona. Right. <laughs> if it were rigged, but <laughs> if it's or, not. If it were rigged, yeah. <laughs> it's not the NBA we're talking about.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, so so going on this too, it's been interesting to see reactions on Fred's Facebook, and I'm not going to do the whole dumb thing set on Fred's Facebook, but it's interesting to see instant fire reactions on games. Because if you look, period by period, there are hot takes. The Predators could end up winning a game, but the, the sun could be just falling out of the sky at the end of the first period if it wasn't good enough for people. And I get fan reactions because fan, fanatic, I understand it, but let the game play out and then analyze it from there because you never know what's going to happen. Things, they could score three goals and win a game. They could allow three goals and lose a game. I mean, it's the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of a sport, but the whole, it, no matter what happens, there is always one player that is the whipping boy, and for a lot, for it was Kevin Fiala for most of the season, mm-hmm. it then been P.K. Subban for a lot of it too, Kyle Turris, and deservedly so for Kyle Turris, because he hasn't performed up to what he's expected to do, yeah. granted he's suffered a lot of injuries, but P.K. Subban also has not had the best games, but it's understandable that he's under a tighter microscope it seems, because... Roman Yossi made a very errant, errant pass. It led yeah. to a turnover as well. And did he get hacked on a little bit? A little bit, but nowhere near as much as if P.K. Subban would yeah. have made that same pass.
0: Um, during the last game, uh, who did they play last? I forget. Uh, before this most recent game.
1: <laughs> it was a long time. Ago. Uh,
0: it was in Minnesota. It was Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, so in the Minnesota game, I'm seeing all kinds of takes. Uh, I messaged George. Uh And I'm like, hey, just curious, you know, statistically speaking, is P.K. Subban as bad as people make him out to be? And what it comes down to, based on what someone much smarter than I am told me, um, if P.K. Subban doesn't carry the puck into the zone, no one does. Right. From a statistical perspective... It's PK's responsibility to take the puck from yep. the defensive zone or neutral zone and put it in the offensive zone.
1: Yeah, and Kevin Fiala is one of those other guys that would actually take mm-hmm. the puck into the zone. He would turn it over once mm-hmm. he got into the zone, but he was one of those few people that wouldn't dump and chase yeah. all the time.
0: Well, the types of players okay. who have that responsibility are going to be the ones who lead in turnovers because they yep. have the puck the most.
1: Exactly. Um, Philip Forsberg, mm-hmm. he's the team in turnovers.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, he's the winger. He's going to have the puck kind on of his stick all the time. Yeah. Things are going to
0: happen. Yeah. But you in important moments, you want the puck on that type of player's stick. Absolutely. You want them to have the puck regardless of the consequences because it's a little bit of give and take. Mm-hmm. And I don't buy into the whole high-risk, high-reward player uh, persona around any of those people. But, um, you know, I don't feel like it is very high-risk. It's just the fact that they have the puck a lot. So they're yeah. going to turn it over the most when they're the person with the puck the most.
1: And P.K. Subban does call for the puck a lot. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone bang their stick on the ice as much as P.K. <laughs> when P.K. wants the puck.
0: This is true.
1: But, I mean, his, his goal against Pittsburgh was, it was a slap shot, but it was a snipe of a slapper, mm-hmm. which is what you want out of a guy like that to produce because that was the dagger mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, Pittsburgh got a garbage goal, but 2-0, it looked like a closer game. 3-0, even though it ended up 3-1, a 3-0 win is way more of a, dom- a dominant effort yeah. of what you want to see out of that. And P.K. Subban, in terms of the competition he faces as well, he and Ekholm are usually facing the top competition on the other side. Yeah. Um, and so that's why some of the numbers may reflect that as well. So it's just, I know he's paid a lot. And the thing I see too, because I was even looking through my Twitter right now, well, he gets paid twice as much as anybody else in the team. So he should be under the most scrutiny. Look, <clears throat> they're gonna Roman Yossi is going to be making that money. Yes. When he's extended as well. Ryan Ellis is making – It could be making more on the free market, but he decided to take that little bit of a discount and play in Nashville. Just because P.K. Subban is making that much doesn't necessarily mean he deserves more scrutiny. That's just what he's getting paid. And he's getting paid that because he produces. He's a Norse Trophy defenseman. He was nominated for the Norse Trophy last year as well. So you can expect him to produce, to defend and everything as well. But that scrutiny of, well, he makes this much money, yeah, I, I get that. I totally get that, and I'm not trying to debate that fact that you can't hold him to a higher standard. But to say that he makes that—that that, that's just what he's making, and he—he's earned that because of his previous play. And <clears throat> people in Nashville are very spoiled in contracts. No, and and you can see it in how they hold players that make big money accountable. And it's getting that it's getting closer and closer because Ryan Johansson has a pretty big contract, even though he set a new career high with assists, and he's. Four away, I think, now from setting a franchise record in assists, it's still not good enough. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah, he could be scoring more goals, but he is what he is now, and he's getting paid first line center money. Which you look at inflation, look at all these different things. The Predators are so, Predators are so spoiled in contracts, they're not dealing with what Chicago has, and you better damn well be proud you're not dealing with what Chicago has with cap issues and no trade clauses and no movement clauses and high selling players that flub it up. I mean, would you rather have Brent Seabrook and his contract or PK Subban and his contract? Yeah. With what PK Subban does.
0: And don't you think PK Subban there might be something going on like I don't think he's 100%. Yeah, I don't I don't feel that it's way. It's not Lindsey
1: Vaughn's fault so shut the hell up, people. <laughs> Dear god. No, I don't think he's 100%, but he's like he's competitive, he's an athlete. He's going to play. and He yeah. wants to play.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and
1: I'm sure more things will come out. Mm-hmm. When the season's over, as they always do, yeah. that, oh, PK was dealing with this foot injury or he was dealing with this because he's not looking necessarily the same. But when he turns it on to another level, he still can turn it on to another level.
0: And it's so interesting because during the off season, like all over social media, it was him working out and, you know, yeah. sprinting and doing all kinds of stuff to be faster. And he's well. Sw- he doesn't look himself. Right, Like I said, there's got, there's got to be some sort of nagging injury that doesn't prevent him from playing, but it has him not at 100%.
1: Like in the, like in the video game where you have playable injuries, just take your ratings down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I see it as. And that's not dogging him. It's that, who are you going to replace him with? Mm-hmm. You, you you want Matt Irwin in the second pair? <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. And so mm-hmm. it's... You still have him You take P.K. Subban And an eighty three eighty four Is still better than a player That's rated like a 78-77
0: Now <laughs> But Justin Dante Fabro is going to come in And solve all the defensive problems
1: Yeah there are people saying Scratch P.K. <laughs> now there's some people are Like well maybe P.K. has an injury So you can scratch him So he can get better I'm like, okay, I'll give you that because you're looking in terms of let's get him ready for the playoffs. I'm not going to dog you for that because that's just your opinion on how you think he's going to be better for the team. And I won't make fun of that because some people believe that and that's totally fair if it's it's because you want him to be better and roll west for the playoffs. On the other end, you have people saying, well, goodbye, P.K. Subban and your $9 million. Dante Favre is the savior of the blue line. That's the one I'm going to make fun of. Defensemen take longer to develop, just like goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Forwards can you can you can pluck him right in there? Sometimes they are gonna get lucky and they're gonna be a twenty goal score right off the bat. You're not gonna have many Charlie McAvoys out there. And it takes time. Look at Seth Jones. Seth Jones was the whipping boy mm-hmm. for Predators fans mm-hmm. before he was straight. He was the whipping boy. People would get on to him for making bad choices, bad choices here. He's gonna be nominated for the Norse trophy probably next season, the year after. He's so cl- he's a, he's close to a superstar defenseman already, face of the franchise for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he's a whipping boy because he takes time to develop, and he's going to turn out to be one of the elite American defensemen out there. And it's the same thing with Dante Fabro, is that you got to give him time to develop, and you can't rush him. It would be great if he plays two years in the third bearing. And then some power play times. So you don't have to, you can protect them a little bit, get experience. And then when contract time comes around for other things, you make some moves because you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just the way it's going to have to happen. Don't rush him into it. Don't put all those expectations in like people put on Ellie Tolvanen. Let them develop. Tolvanen is still producing a little bit in the AHL. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Remember Philip Forsberg? He came, got a taste, and looked bad. Then he plays in the AHL. And then all of a sudden, boom, comes in and he produces. It's okay.
0: interesting because the ex- expectations around Tolvanen are so high. If he – because he was going to go play college. Right. It's curious what the conversations would be like if that happened. Because, honestly, he probably wouldn't have made the jump until now.
1: Right. Right. Like,
0: we'd be talking about them signing Tolvanen now. Or even later. Possibly. Because yeah. this would have been his, like, second year yeah. in college. So yeah. that's about the time – they start talking about moving them over. Yep. Um, if that had taken place, I think we're having different conversations about Tolvanen and maybe he'd be a little bit better at this point mm-hmm. having that type of development, but you know, it's it's interesting. People put so much expectation on these younger players. Um here's a th- 31st overall pick. Tolvanen. Like there's a there's a reason you get you're <laughs> You know, at that point, it's basically a second round, And he
1: fell a little bit, too. Yeah. So we we're a little concerned with the college thing and him not getting in. Mm-hmm. So that's understandable. But, and I love how people are already calling Tolton in a bust. <clears throat> let's give it two more, two, three more years. You, you can't really tell until he actually is playing in the, the NHL or seeing how things go. Because it's not like he's blowing up the AHL. But then again, he's not always surrounded by the best talent, too. Mm-hmm. And he's scored some goals. He scored some beautiful goals, and he set up some of his players, and he's learning the ropes, too. He's learning how to be a professional. Look at Kevin Fiala, and he went through some trials and tribulations with Milwaukee. He had to learn how to be a professional. Even Ryan Johansson talked about this in The Athletic with Adam Vingan about Kevin Fiala, how he still some growing up to do. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's not a knock. Fiala's still a kid. Yeah. I mean, he's still going to be an RFA, meaning he's still a child. When you look at this, he's not even at the point where he's a, U, a full-on UFA where he can command bigger money. He's still a kid, and they're still growing up to do in maturity. And with that, Ellie Tolman is learning so much in the AHL right now about how to be a pro, how to be a good teammate, how to handle yourself through ups and downs, how to handle more pressure, how to handle all these things. Just like Dante Fraud was going to learn that, too. And how Tommy Novak's learning that on his ATO of Milwaukee, how Rem Pitlick's learning that. Being just around the team, being around the organization helps these players mature. But please don't hold them to such a high standard that they're a bust after one season. That's, that's totally unfair. Some Every player, every, sport, every athlete gets to their prime and peaks at different levels. And, it's, and the good thing with hockey is you have minor leagues that help with that way better than football does. Football, if you can't make it, sometimes you're just done. Right out of, if you can't make it right out of college... You don't really have a developmental league near as much as you do in baseball and hockey, especially where you have time, mm-hmm. or you can you can you can pepper a little bit, you can season a little bit in minors, and if you peak to where you're a pro or ready to be the top pro at 25, that's okay if you weren't ready at 22. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think Predators fans are a little bit spoiled. Really. Yeah. Well. <coughs> David Poyle's is such a good GM. He makes these moves and a player will instantly come in and have an instant impact. That's not what Tolvanen and Fabro are supposed to be at this point. They're not supposed to come in and be the big superstar. We have the players that are supposed to be that superstar in Nashville. It's up to them to make that kind of impact now. Those, those other guys are still developing, so don't put everything on their shoulders and, you know, let every moment and every negative moment be, oh, well, you know, the, the younger guys aren't stepping up. No, it's people like uh-huh. Turris. Like, you know, and people are making those complaints. That's fair, but, you know, it's not fair to put everything on the shoulders of that younger player.
1: And also this David Boyle did make it sound like he told him it was going to be that trade deadline acquisition. So he put a little bit of pressure. That's true. Um, and I get that. But then everybody built upon that and everything, because you we really didn't know what he was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. But we had a clue how he's going to how he's going to do. And he didn't really belong. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. It's totally okay. Um, Cameron, I need to go get some water. You're good. So you talk. You talk.
0: Or we could just take a brief intermission and we'll be <laughs> back. <laughs> And we're back Hello Welcome back Justin I'm hydrated more Mm -hmm. now Sweet delicious water Sweet delicious Kirkland water Costco water (laughs) Gotta put that Costco membership to use Always man (laughs) So when you go to Costco Are you the Grab some food and walk around and eat Or do you grab the food on your way out
1: are you talking about the cafe food?
0: Yeah, the the, the food
1: court food. Um, sometimes I'm the just go in there to get some food. <laughs> <coughs> um, I'm just like my dad when it comes to that, because it's cheap to eat there. Oh yeah. I mean, get a slice of pizza. I'll get well, I'll get a slice of pizza and a hot dog and a pop.
0: Yeah, so I pretend that the soda by itself is not on the menu. Well, if I'm getting a soda, I have to get the hot dog with it. Yeah, of course,
1: I mean, it's right there. <laughs> but what really what I really want, want is pizza. But you know, <laughs> I
0: guess I'll have to eat this hot dog.
1: But usually, if I have shopping to do, I will shop first and then get it on the way out. I just don't like to be that person with a cart sitting next to the tables, mm-hmm. and being that person that clogs up everything. Yeah, I hate get the f- out of the way.
0: Yeah. I'll like, uh, pull my cart forward to like the chain link fence separating you from the entry and I'll park it there and then I'll walk over and get the, out of the way. Yeah. Out of the way. Yeah. No one's going to mess with it. Like it'll be fine. And if they
1: are, you hunt them down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Um, anything you want to discuss or talk about?
1: Yeah. 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 There's always something to discuss. Okay. Uh um, in for me. So it been a while since we've recorded. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I wanted to bring up movies. Because we okay. always like to discuss movies. Sure. And I think, yeah, we're at the we're at the right time to talk movies now. And it's the kind of thing that we're less than a month from end game, mm-hmm. which I've been watching so many Marvel movies, it's insane. Right now, just to get it up. I'm not even watching in order. I'm just watching because I have them all I have it all in my head what's happening. I don't have to watch mm-hmm. in order, remember. So just Whenever I have time, just watching a Marvel movie, an MCU, and seeing Captain Marvel twice. I watch the trailer to Endgame probably once a day now on my nice big computer screen at work. Because it's awesome and nice.
0: I wish I could watch movies at
1: work. must be nice. (laughs) It's a a two-and-a-half-minute movie. It's a trailer. (laughs) But I watch that there, and then I'm like, whatever it takes. And they release the movie posters as well. Yes. Those that are darkened out and those that are in color and everything. And all these fan things come out. And then it came out, too, which we probably already knew, based on other movie trailers, that the Russo brothers are blatantly lying to us in some things and blatantly shooting things in the movie just for trailers that will never be in the movie. Mm-hmm. I freaking love that, man. Yeah. Because it's enough to give you a taste because of the, the right characters are there and it's all within the right thing. But stuff that has nothing to do with it that just dub over things mm-hmm. as a trailer. I love that aspect instead of some trailers out there where it's like, why do we know so much about the plot in the trailer?
0: Yeah, Well, Hulk was in the Infinity War trailer multiple
1: times, and yeah. he wasn't in the movie like at him all. Him running in Wakanda. Yeah. Him running through it, it's like, wait, no, Hulkbuster is running in Wakanda. Yeah. So, But I love that because it doesn't ruin anything because we know we're going to go see it. People know they're going to go see it. It has enough hype with it. You don't have to give away anything, and none of the trailers are giving away anything. And that's what I absolutely love about this right now is that... We're so hyped for this movie that we don't need to know anything. We just need to get hyped even more. That's all these trailers are doing. They're not giving Mm -hmm. away anything. All we know is that, well, hmm. There could be a time jump. And and Black Widow, her hair color has gone from blonde, she's growing up, back to the red. And Mm -hmm. you see hints of that. Um, And
0: no one's going to Mets games.
1: (laughs) No one's going to Mets games. All these boats are parked at Liberty Island. And then Tony... And Nebula somehow make it back, apparently, based on the trailer, make it back to Avengers headquarters. That may not even be true. Yeah. So, and then they're in the Guardians of Galaxy ship, apparently stuck. But I love there's just these little bits of them working. We have no idea the time jumps. You have Ant-Man looking completely lost with missing posters. Um, I just, I love what they're doing with this and the hype up. And going back to Captain Marvel, first of all, we were talking about this before we recorded. The score. Mm-hmm. I love the score for Captain Marvel. And there's the piece that's called More Problems. And it has so many hints of John Williams and Hans Zimmer in it. And, folks, if you love movie scores, I love movie scores. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I do.
0: So, <laughs> let me just say when we have these movie discussions, you get very elaborate, and I'm always just like, movie good, cam like movie. <laughs> but
1: you usually go to one like, let's talk about this movie. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> So I get
0: prepared. Well, I just like listening to you talk about the movies.
1: (laughs) But for real, I love that piece because it has the hints of the Captain Marvel theme in it. But also kind of has the good throwbacks Mm -hmm. to other superhero type of scores and themes. You can feel that in there. And it was the first score for superhero movies that was recorded or composed by a female uh, composer. Which... It's pretty darn awesome. Yeah, and, I, and and I love it because you have hints of, well, Captain Marvel being based in the '90s. You have hints of some '90s things in there too, which I love in mm-hmm. classical music because it's still considered classical. And classical music being '90s themed, and then some futuristic tones as well with Kree world and everything. I, I love analyzing the music behind it, but it's a fantastic score. Cameron, what were your thoughts on the movie and how it fits into everything?
0: Um, movie good. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, No, I think it works in fine. Um, It's interesting um, getting some answers on some certain things. Um, We know what the deal with the pager is. Yep. Uh, Fury got a little too uh, excited and uh, (laughs) got them into some trouble, which was fun. The... uh, Nick Fury look Was kind of interesting How they did that To the make Asian. Samuel L. Jackson I've yeah. seen online Where they put um, Samuel L. Jackson What he actually Looks like in movies At the time Versus what he looks like now And he actually has uh, More hair loss or like actually <laughs> had more hair loss than he does. Uh, which oh man! If that were me, I, I'd probably do the same thing. Like, oh, yeah. no, no, don't make it accurate. Give me more hair.
1: <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it. And <laughs> uh, by the way, excited to make sure I looked it up and said it right. Pinar Toprak is the composer for the Captain Marvel. School. Gotcha. So absolutely love that. She's done a few other ones as well, but that's the big one now mm-hmm. for her. Um, but, so I already got my. I, well, this is my thing for me when I, cause I collect pop vinyls mm-hmm. and bobbleheads and everything for those that didn't already know. So, just uh, so
0: you know, the portal of vinyl is vinyl. First okay. off. So, it's not pop vinyls, it's just pop vinyl. Pop vinyl? Yeah.
1: I collect pop vinyl? Yes. Really? I, when,
0: when we be the pretentious hipster and just say, you don't collect vinyl so you collect vinyl even
1: uh, like i knew the recording when it came to albums and records and yeah. everything but See, it's the same way like vinyls is just one yeah. of those words
0: i don't i don't do the vinyl terminology either just because i feel like that's kind of pretentious
1: but and, that's the na- that's what it's called yeah. right
0: well it's not like you cur- collect baseball cards and you're like i collect cardboards <laughs> <laughs> you know the material the thing is made out of has zero relevance to me
1: i'm holding uh, a pecorine. Yeah. Vinyl right now no. It says vinyl the, It also says yeah. vinyl figure Figurine and Vinyl Figura de Vinyl
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> What is that so Beautiful Collect them all
0: And it's number 39 for some reason
1: Yeah Number 39 yeah. for number 35 Sorry well I didn't know So I collect Pop Vinyl Okay And for me especially with movies I need to see the movie before I buy it Yeah So I do have a Goose Pop bobblehead yeah. vinyl and the Captain Marvel one. And let me just say, what the flurking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, though. Have you ever seen um, uh, Fanboys, the movie about the Star Wars nerds? I
1: don't think I have, man. Okay,
0: so you need to track this movie down because the plot of the movie is um, it's like about the time um, the first trailer for um, Phantom Menace came out is okay. when it takes place. All right. Um and one of their friends has cancer, so they're going to drive out to Skywalker Ranch, get in touch with George Lucas, and get their friend to watch it before he dies. Yeah, um, A bunch of people had cameos in it. Carrie Fisher was in it. It was yeah. really nice. But there's one scene—I think it's Seth Rogen plays the guy—like, um, He like, they're—like, having some aggression with each other and then he finds out what they're doing and he's like oh man i love star wars and he takes his shirt off and on his back is a tattoo of jar jar binks and he's like <laughs> i saw this guy in the previews it's gonna be awesome <laughs> oh a little so bit so you waiting and seeing the movie before you make any large purchases that's probably a good idea
1: yes yes and because i collect those i want to make sure that i do enjoy the movie first Mm. I get the, con- the connection. Because I don't want to go and buy something. I'm like, well, that sucked. That was awful.
0: What's the last <clears throat> movie you went and saw and you were like, well, that sucked?
1: <sighs> I don't recall. I yeah. usually do my research. And I know the movies I'm usually going to enjoy. Yeah.
0: I was <clears throat> kind of that way with Solo. Like, I wasn't all that impressed with that movie. Like, they could have done so much more. And also, yeah. like... Han Solo's character he's supposed to be kind of like the womanizer and stuff like that and I felt like you know let me see some of that let me see him going from planet to planet and talking to all the ladies and he was kind of focused on one lady through the entire movie which is fine but you know the
1: dragons never showed up (laughs) the look I'm getting right now
0: (laughs) are you a Game of Thrones fan?
1: no (laughs) but I know the actress yeah (laughs) Um, but but uh, with Solo, for me, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I, I saw it in Houston. That's where I saw it. Really? Because Alex and I were there for Justin Timberlake concert. We, were, we needed to kill some time, and Solo was nice. out that weekend. So we went in the middle of the day on, a, I think it was a Thursday or Friday, so yeah. I wasn't that busy. But Solo, if you if I looked at it from perspective of it not being connected, which I'm able to do that for some movies, because mm-hmm. I get the point of it's hard to connect them. I looked at it as a caper-type film mm-hmm. with a twist. I liked it more when I looked at it separately. If it was just a standalone film, I liked it because there was a nice twist at the end and everything like that and all yeah. those little things because I felt sometimes they did a little too much fan service in that movie. And yeah. I, like, what I liked about Captain Marvel, to bring it back to that somehow, is that they didn't do necessarily a lot of fan service. They had little itty-bitty tidbits of connections, just like the 90s stuff. Yeah. Some of the stuff was not forced necessarily, but I liked how with the 90s references, they didn't force the 90s down your throat. This made you feel like, okay, this is based in the 90s. Just but little things were here and there, but not trying to say, oh, this is the 90s, and kept poking you with it. Yeah. Little things.
0: Yeah, and I think okay. that's kind of why I, I didn't, like, I wasn't a fan of Solo, because, like, Han is supposed to be this mysterious, like, yeah. you know character where you don't know his past or why he, he is who he right. is. But um, he's very interesting in that way. But you're taking the mysterious character and explaining how they got where they were. So you're kind of taking that mysteriousness away.
1: Even how he got the name Solo.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> if it's not the way you pictured it or hoped for, you're going to be let down a little bit.
1: <laughs> have, you met, have you met The Last Jedi?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I liked The Last Jedi just fine. Like, I-,
1: I was okay with it too, but even even the characters from the 501st and Rebel Legion that came to Star Wars the Symphony, yeah. when I mentioned that we might be doing The Force Awakens, like, continuing out with that, they're like, are you going past that, though? Like, I don't think we're doing anything <laughs> past that. If anything... <laughs> like, if they were, most people really do not like it, and yeah. I'm okay with it because I didn't go in with my theory of how I wanted to be I just wanted to see where it's being taken. That's yeah. that's all that matters to me right now. Other things I could have changed, absolutely. In any movie, yeah. you're always gonna have your opinion.
0: You're not gonna have uh, Princess Leia flying through space magically.
1: You mean Princess Mary Poppins? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was okay with what they like. People had. There was this one dumbass on Twitter who was arguing with uh, Frank Oz about Yoda. It's like, <sighs> bro. You don't argue with Yoda about Yoda. Yeah. That's literally what he was doing was arguing with Yoda about Yoda. You can't tell him that you've studied the character more than him. He created it. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: Yoda's appearance was one of the stronger parts of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he
1: didn't like that Yoda was laughing and everything. Do you not remember the first interaction between <laughs> Luke and Yoda? He was basically fucking with him the whole time. It was like, oh, by the way, I'm Yoda. Ta-da! Yeah. That's all it was. Just screwing with them the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I I don't I don't understand that people taking it so seriously. Do I take like comic book movies seriously? Seriously in terms of I am ingrained in it, I love it, I live for it, I cannot wait for opening night. Yes. I'd be one of those people that goes on a huge rant and hissy fit if it doesn't go the way I expected it to. No.
0: Well, that's the other thing. Like, I did not—I was not a fan of the whole, like, Casino Planet scene. I felt that like that stuff was kind of weak and unnecessary. Yeah. I don't feel like the character Rose was written very well or strongly enough. It's not the actress's fault either. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I feel that way. I'm not about to go on Instagram and— Bully. Bully her until she deletes every account. I'm not going to do that. Do that. Yeah. Because it's not her fault. She didn't write the character. No. She acted as well as anyone could
1: Right, with what she was given. Right. So it's it's very curious. the you know, same thing Well, a lot of times with Captain Marvel you had people that were reviewing it before they even saw it mm-hmm. just because they didn't like a strong female character. And I mean Brie Larson had her share of things that she said in public that yeah. if you're trying to create a character people can understand what your views are. Chris no. Evans has been doing some of the same thing. But me, as a fan of these movies, I'm able to separate these things. Yeah. A lot of people aren't, and they're bombarding with reviews and Rotten Tomatoes and everything like that. Yeah. Just go and enjoy the damn film. Go and enjoy it because there. I, I maybe this is a big word, too big a word to say. I trust the casting decisions that Marvel's making because they have not fully let me down. Mm-hmm. Like really, I mean, yeah, the casting decisions they have made. Think about it, Robert Downey Jr. As Tony Stark, Mm -hmm. in terms of superhero casting, that is one of the best decisions that has been made in terms of fitting superheroes with that character. Because obviously I can't, and not many people can, I can't see any other current actors right now pulling that off like he has.
0: I think the way... If it goes in that direction where he's not involved in that project anymore, you don't recast Tony no. Stark. You have somebody else pick up the mantle.
1: Exactly. Like in the comics, anyways. Yeah. Because
0: that's what always happens in the comics. Yeah. Uh,
1: the Captain Punisher, America.
0: Yeah, the Punisher the becomes Punisher. Captain America. Like, yeah. all kinds of weird stuff happens. Yeah, I
1: mean, hey, Bucky... Comes Captain America Yeah, They had those little teases about it In uh, Winter Soldier Of him holding the shield and everything too Mm -hmm. And even in Civil War when they're fighting Iron Man So I mean I've overall trusted The casting decisions that they have made And so that's why I'm going to go into these movies Like okay I, I trust the decision they made with casting these characters And the actors for it
0: And they haven't had a miss yet in, in my opinion, the Ant Man movies and Captain Marvel and a few others are the weakest links, and even those are better than anything DC's put out. For Dark
1: World is probably the worst one.
0: That's probably true. Yeah, yeah.
1: not I, including um, uh, the Hulk, Edward Norton Hulk, because that was yeah. a very weak movie, but that really wasn't Marvel yet. Yeah. The real, I mean, I know it's like supposed to be Iron Man then Hulk, but I don't really count it yeah. because of the way that's p- p- produced, but Dark World was friggin' weak. Yeah. Overall, and obviously I still saw it, but that's not a movie. When I'm watching all these other movies, that's not included. Because it's so weak, and it doesn't do much for the... It really doesn't do much for the story.
0: Well, when I was going into Captain Marvel, like, it was being panned universally. uh, And I was like, well, I'm still going to go see it. And it was much better than I expected for that reason. And, you know, it's still... Like, I I saw... um, Justice League and, like, the CGI in that. It looks like a Power Rangers movie. It was awful. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, now, Aquaman. People ask me what I thought about Aquaman.
0: I still haven't seen Aquaman yet. Okay. I don't go to the theater for those. Oh, for DC? No.
1: Oh, okay. I do because I just like watching action movies and super movies on the big screen because that's the right place. Yeah. To but Aquaman, for me, I am mean, like, it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. It didn't have the best story or anything like that. I mean, I understood some of the casting, but they didn't nail the casting on all the characters like they do in Marvel and the MCU. But for me, Aquaman was a fun movie. Mm -hmm. And that's really all it had to be because I know DC's trying to build their own cinematic universe. They keep failing at it. So all I'm looking for out of a DC movie is, is it fun? Because mm-hmm. Marvel, you get attached to the characters. Mm-hmm. DC has not built that yet to where you feel fully attached to the characters.
0: Mm-hmm. Whereas
1: in Marvel, I'm in tears at Infinity War. Because even though they have that many characters, you're still attached emotionally. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine God knows what they're going to do to me in Endgame. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes it fun and how you enjoy it because you become emotionally attached. What did you think of Venom? I thought it was, okay... I thought it was a fun movie. Yes. that's Again, that wasn't one of those things where I am like, oh, that was so great. I'm going to watch it over and over and over. No, it was a fun movie, so I was okay with it. I don't go into it wanting to dog a movie. Like some people want to dog a movie Well, they completely screwed this up. If it's a fun movie and I came out of it going, huh, well, that was pretty neat. It, I'm okay. It was
0: self-aware uh-huh. for what it was and what it needed yes. to be. Yeah. And so I, I had a great time with it. It had
1: good humor too. Mm-hmm. It was really fun with some of the things they did with it. Staying true to some of the Marvel things on a darker side mm-hmm. of it, which is why I'm curious as to what's going to happen with... Uh, um, oh, my gosh. Why did I just forget his name? Um, Deadpool. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So, curious what to do with that. And then, obviously, with the Fox crossover coming in, mm-hmm. there, it adds so many more characters, which means, like we were going back to it with Tony Stark, it means you can move on. When you have all these other characters that are entering the MCU, you can move on from other characters, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then maybe... Ten years down the road, it's not a recast, because you keep on moving on. Maybe it's a son, or a daughter, mm-hmm. or You're keeping the name, and how you're passing it along. But you still have Iron Man, or Captain Maris, whatever, but it'll, all these other characters allow you to move on, and focus on different aspects.
0: Well, there are some theories <coughs> going on with that, with the whole Hawkeye scene, where he has a younger girl, or probably oh, yeah. his daughter, we don't oh, know yeah. at this point, pulling back the a- arrow, because... Yeah. The way it goes, apparently he hands off the mantle to somebody else. So that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, there's
1: always somebody else. People come back from the dead. So I'm curious to see what to see if anything happens with Loki. Yeah, because even how Thanos was saying, no resurrection this time. Yeah, (laughs) all that stuff.
0: So my theory of what happens is they use the time stone to go all the way back before any of that Mm -hmm. happens, and then
1: do whatever they need to do at that point. Even before Ragnarok. I. I don't know. See, this is what's, this is what I'm curious about, boy. We're diving in full nerddom uh, right now, folks. Is I've seen obviously so many theories, and I'm kind of I don't want to say this is mine. I'm curious as to they have all these different characters that they say is going to be a part of Endgame somehow. Mm-hmm. Lots of different characters. Even like apparently Peggy Carter might have something, in it. you know all these different characters. If they're doing time jumping. Are they going to go back to the origin stories? Because in, even in the trailer, now we've talked about trailers early, but even in the trailer, they're flashing back to origin movies for a lot mm-hmm. of these characters. Are they going to completely change the paths of some of these characters? That would open up a whole new thing for the, the, you know to, to close the phase and to rehash for some of these other characters who are going to have sequels like Black Panther, Doctor Strange, all these other ones that are kind of keep moving on. Yeah. That's a possibility that they have to time travel that much because since since Captain America, the first Avenger, Infinity Stones have been a part. Mm-hmm. That's a long time in terms yeah. of movies. And both Guardians of the Galaxies have been a part of it. Um, and then in what? What was the other ones? <laughs> in Tesseract. Oh, Thor Dark World mm-hmm. was the, the red one. What's the, the
0: power, the, no, reality.
1: Reality. So, I mean, they've been harking this whole thing. Do they need to go back that far to change what's done?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: I mean, that's that's where I'm so curious because time time's gonna have something to do with this. Whether it's in the quantum realm or something, time's gonna make make a play in this because when they keep seeing all these different characters could appear, yeah. the only way some of these really could appear is if they do flashbacks. And it would be really cool is if you know when they do flashbacks, you get a different angle. Of it, of the scene that's filmed
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm also curious too If that means that it was They recorded some stuff Potentially just not even knowing where this was going to go Because they've obviously had this in mind For a long time Mm -hmm. Maybe they have things that they've been holding on For a long time
0: You know, and do people Are there some of the characters who are dead Like Agent Coulson or something like that Maybe that doesn't take place I mean, Coulson's
1: alive though he is, is he? And agents, agents I don't of watch Shield. that show. Cameron Gumpy, he is alive. He went to Tahiti, I say in quotes, and he was replaced with alien blood, mm. and he's alive and working with Shield. Mm. And there was alien time blood? jumping in, and Shield. So I'm curious too because Agents of Shield is going is coming back for the summer. So I'm wondering if they're going to be addressing Infinity War and Endgame in Agents of Shield because they've done a pretty good job that when a movie happens. Like when Thor Dark World happened, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually addressed having to clean up in Great Britain. Interesting. They tied it in, but not directly tied. Like, they've had to deal mm-hmm. with the Kree. A lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Folks, I'm so sorry for my <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> But they've had to tie it in in a lot of ways, but they don't base it on that. Anyways, there's so many different ways this can go. I'm very excited. Yeah. I love our movie talks, and hopefully I Definitely. don't get it too much. Yeah.
0: If you, Hockey!
1: Uh, um. <laughs>
0: Have you ever listened to the Andrew Berkshire podcast where they Sometimes yeah. They analyze the Marvel movies. They do a really they do a much better job than we do here. We should have them on at some point. Hey, I
1: give my <laughs> opinions you're like movie good. <laughs> My expectations were this, and they met them. <laughs> I didn't walk out. Movie fine. <laughs> movie has uh, music. I like it.
0: I'm I'm very articulate. <laughs> so articulate. Oh my god. All right. I movies. Well, I think we're about done here.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for again for the steak. Oh yeah. And appreciate the goodies.
0: No problem. Like it, was a, it was a nice little visit.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Yeah, thank
0: you for listening to Southern Hostility. I'm Justin. I'm Cameron. He's Cameron. Bye.